Are you an event planner or organizer looking for a keynote speaker with a fresh new perspective that packs a serious punch? Someone who captivates your audience and inspires them to create lasting changes in their lives? Someone who has a compelling story to share that will leave your audience believing in themselves like they've never done before. I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake, author of The Million Dollar Bakery, host of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, and I am your girl. To book me for your next live in-person event or virtual event, head on over to my website, RebeccaHamiltonCo.com. Hey, I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake. Thanks for joining me on my Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, where I'll be sharing all my best life and business tips and tricks on how I've created the life of my dreams and how you can too. I'm a no-nonsense, full disclosure, sweet talk scrapping, woman entrepreneur who believes in taking charge of your life and ridding yourself of all the excuses that are holding you back. All right, Chad is back on the podcast. He's back here co-hosting with me. And, oh, did you want to say hi? Yes. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> you were like about to say something. Yeah. Hello, I'm here. Hello, you're here. Um, and we're really excited because this topic is a really awesome topic. And Chad actually has a lot of really good information to share about it. Um, and so we are going to talk about how to quit any bad habit. So we're talking alcohol, we're talking cigarettes, we're talking binge eating, um, whatever your bad habits are, it doesn't matter what the habit is. We are going to talk about how to quit any of those bad habits. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so I guess I'll just uh, dive right into vulnerability here. Um, so yeah, many, many years ago, uh, when I was in my early twenties, um, I went to rehab for drugs and alcohol and, uh, yeah, here we go. So, um, full disclosure, it, uh, started out as, um, you know, just drinking and smoking pot, um, in high school. And then it escalated, <clears throat> excuse me, it escalated to, um, snorting cocaine, um, you know, after, or, you know, throughout a night of drinking to kind of keep the party going. And, and we'd end up staying up for days on end. And then, um, from there it escalated to smoking crack cocaine. And once it got to that level, um, I was extremely miserable and it took full control of my life and I sought out help and I went to rehab. Um, it was a 21 day treatment center program, um, in I think Wallace, town or Wallaceburg. Um, anyway, and, uh, yeah, it changed my life completely and I'm super grateful for it. And, um, 
you know, I got my life in order and, uh, and ended up meeting my beautiful wife, Rebecca. And I was super um, thankful that I got all my stuff together and met her. And well, you don't think that I would put up with like any of that <laughs> if Not we had met during that time? Not at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So anyway, fast forward, um, a few years into our relationship between you and I, and I, um, I, I was smoking cigarettes still. So that was one thing that I always, when we first met, yeah, you we were first smoking met. cigarettes. Yeah. So we first met, I was smoking cigarettes, which and is not my favorite habit at all. Yeah. So you didn't mind, um, you know, initially in the beginning, cause you know, a lot of people smoked and whatnot and it wasn't, I a big didn't deal mind and... it in the beginning because I didn't think it was really going to go anywhere further. So I just <laughs> was like, cool. If you want to kill yourself in like 50 years, I'm probably not going to be there. So why would I care? <laughs> so that's why. Okay. There we are. Here we Perfect. are. Okay. Continue. Glad to hear that. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so, uh, it got to a point where, um, when things started to actually get serious, contrary to what Rebecca just said. Well, no, they um, obviously they got serious. I'm just saying <laughs> when we first met, like I don't I'm not one of those crazy people that you first meet somebody. Oh, like that Netflix show that we're watching right now. I don't even know what it's called. I forgot about it. I'm really excited to watch it. Tinder swindler. Yes. <laughs> I'm not one of those like women who just falls in love when she first meets somebody. I'm extremely skeptical and uh yeah it's a process so anyways that's anyways so yeah you smoked when when i first met you we we could do a whole other podcast on uh how it took many years to unwind my issues the um (laughs) lack of wanting to fall in love with me yeah Um, i had man issues any of my female (laughs) listeners that have man hater issues like let me know because i had serious like resentment towards men uh luckily chad's a really nice guy it turns out um which i've just recently realized in the last year (laughs) that was a really genuine laugh okay this is good (laughs) because it was hilarious throwing jokes in here i'm actually pretty funny would you say i'm really funny i have a good sense of humor thank you you i I make you laugh often yeah you do it's Um, usually with sarcastic comments like that yes usually so anyways carry on i don't even know what we were talking about okay yeah where were we um so anyway when things started to you know get serious and and um rebecca was like i'm not i don't want to marry someone who's a smoker right those are my exact words you know of course like any smoker i had tried quitting um many times um you know many times i had tried this uh based on um don't mind our dog uh, barking in the background it's totally fine it's fine (laughs) So I had tried, like many other smokers, um, to just do it on willpower and failed miserably. Mm-hmm. And um, if anybody can relate to trying to quit anything, albeit smoking or any bad habit, typically the, you know, and this is part of what we're going to talk about today, is that um, one of the main issues of why uh, you do not get success in doing that is because you try to do this based on the willpower uh, method, right? So... The whole idea of willpower is the premise that you are doing it against your will and that you're feeling a state of deprivation. So you, what does that mean? Well, that means that you feel deprived, that you're not allowed to, like you're you know, a child or something, I'm not allowed to. Well, of yeah. course, you're gonna be miserable, you're gonna be unhappy, you're gonna feel like you're missing out, Yeah, you know, that 
in essence is the cycle which drums up the feelings and then you're back at it and you're kind of in this circle of like I'm miserable and I'm not and then when I'm, I'm miserable when I am because I feel bad about myself that I can't yeah. and that I, or that I'm you know back smoking or I'm back binge eating or I'm back drinking so you're constant in this battle in your head of like misery willpower feel good not feel good temporary feel good right so this is the whole loop right mm-hmm so I've been stuck in that loop many, many times as well. Oh, everybody has, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, the thing that was crazy is that, um, you know, so obviously I had experience in, in quitting, um, you know, drugs and alcohol. And, um, you know, that was certainly done in, in essence, the, the willpower way. I basically toughed it out and then got to a point where, it, you know, it just is wasn't a part of my life. Is that what they teach you in rehab? Yeah, I mean, they're not teaching you the stuff that I'm going to talk about today because it's this guy who I'm going to talk about is um, a total contrarian to everybody's belief, right? Mm. So, yeah, like what, excuse me, what they teach you though. It, I mean, there are some similarities. I, I know one was they told me, hey, continue to smoke cigarettes because they were like, that's not killing you today. The drugs and alcohol could kill you today. Uh-huh. Um, so that you don't want to, you know, quit everything and anything. Like, if you think about it, if you have like five bad habits, you don't want to quit all five at once because then yeah. you're in like sheer misery. So you kind of want to maybe hold on to one of them that's not, you know, maybe it is a bad habit. It's not really like, extremely detrimental to it's not a priority at this point right Right. so they did teach you that which is is somewhat similar yeah um but anyway i'll get into the um to what the actual um thing that i'm talking about is and so basically what it was is is rebecca had said i'm not going to marry somebody who's a smoker um and the cool thing was is that i actually wanted to quit i tried many times and so hearing that i'm like okay well i don't want to I guess, be a married smoker. I don't want to just be a smoker in general, right? (laughs) So it's not like you were telling me something that I didn't also want, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're like, hey, you know, I don't like your funny nose or something because then that would be mean and, um, you know, hey, right? So um, this is something I I felt that I could potentially do, right? So so when you had told me that, I was like, okay, and I don't even know how I, I think I was probably Googling different ways to to quit and whatnot, and I stumbled upon a book um, that some people listening to this may have heard, some may have not, I'm not sure. Uh, It's a very famous book. I mean, I've heard that it's like a bestseller year after year, and this guy's even dead now. Um, And um, yeah, it sells, it sold millions and millions of copies worldwide. And uh, and basically the title of the book, as silly as this sounds, is called The Easy Way to Stop Smoking. And the author's name is Al. Alan Carr. And obviously hearing that you think, okay, skepticism <laughs> 101, uh, which is, is kind of ironic because you think about any headline or any sort of, um, it is catchy. You know, it's all about like, Straight ooh, to the like point. that's kind of bold. Uh-huh. Right. Um, so you typically think, okay, well you must have something to back that up because you can't just say, you know, easy way when everybody in the world knows that any any bad habit, especially something as addictive as smoking, mm-hmm. there's no easy way, right? So I read this entire book and you know, they so when you read in the book he he tells you to continue to smoke, right? He says, keep smoking the whole book through. Um, It's only at the end when you'll kind of have that realization that you're just not going to want to smoke, right? So that was kind of cool. So you're kind of sitting there reading and smoking as you're reading, right? Smoking as um, you're reading that easy way to stop smoking book. That's amazing. I feel like it's like a tactic to uh, get people to actually 
fault because you know people most people that buy books don't actually read them to the end um, yeah. so maybe that's a little it um, is that's a great to get you to, that's to so do true. it yeah so you're like okay this is cool what do i got to lose right i mean wife doesn't like it i don't like it i'm allowed to keep smoking as i read the book what an awesome deal Mm-hmm. Hadn't read a book in years. Here we go. That'll uh, give me incentive. So, um, yeah, so just reading the book and basically, you know, it uh, uh, it, it basically broke down all these different um, things about, um, you know, the fact that like when you think about smoking, like there's literally zero benefit. OK, so it breaks down all the different components of that. There, I mean, this is not really stuff that is stuff you don't already know but um you know the way that i was kind of looking at it as i'm reading it i'm like like it's so true like all these things it's all lies that you tell yourself right and i feel like that is such a interesting concept about anything in life right so if you think about anything in life that you are trying to um, control or cut back or quit or or whatever you're trying to to do you you either rationalize and tell yourself Mm -hmm. lies to make it seem to to minimize the impact of that in your life yeah or you um like it's all rationalization justification whatever you want to call it, right? And so the moment that, um, you know, I kind of, I was reading the book and you start to realize like, yeah, it, it, I don't smoke. Cause the last, okay, well, why do you smoke cigarettes? Like what, what do you enjoy about? Oh, I enjoy the taste. It's like, do you really enjoy the taste? Like if you break it down, like, no, you don't. I mean, obviously you're inhaling like toxic fumes into your mouth. I mean, it obviously doesn't taste good, right? <laughs> sure. They can put some flavor enhancers, or, but I mean, that's not like you don't really, and you can tell yourself that, but it's a lie. Um, and then the other thing, Oh, I like to, um, smoke to relax. Right. Um, but, I think that's a big one for smokers. Yeah, but I feel like the thing is, it's like it's not even that. That's something that you've told yourself because you typically are like you get relaxed in, in life in general, and then you smoke, and that's just it's a byproduct of that. Yeah. Right. So then you think about your smoking, you kind of get a little antsy. It's not that's not actually true. That's like when you break it down deep, deep fundamentally. Once again, you can tell yourself that that's true, but that is not actually the case. So it just kind of goes over all these different things, and um, you know. Once you kind of realize, you're like, it literally doesn't do anything for me, right? And um, so for me, when I came out of like, you know, quitting drugs and alcohol, I was like, well, I don't, like when I would, you know, drink and do drugs, like I would actually get something, like, you know, I mean, you get like a, a high or you get drunk mm-hmm. or whatever. The cigarette, like you don't get nothing. So There's literally like absolutely no benefit, right? Um, and so I remember I was like, okay, hey, like, so the whole premise of the book, obviously I could talk all day about it, but to, to make a long story short is that, he talks about if you don't have a desire to do something, then you do not need willpower to not do it. Okay, so let me repeat that again because I know it's kind of deep. So if you do not have a desire or a want or a um, you know feeling that you actually like need to do something, then clearly there is no willpower involved whatsoever, Mm -hmm. okay? So if you think about when people try to quit on um, using willpower, they obviously still have a desire, they still have a need, a want, all these kinds of things. Now, that's not to say that then it goes, okay, well, what if I still have that desire? Or what if I have that need, have that want, or whatever? And what I was trying to tell you earlier is that those are all lies though, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you, you you can say that they're not lies till you're blue in the face, but you know deep, deep down that you have made that you're like, this is my lie to like till my deathbed mm-hmm. because that's the only thing that I can cling on to that 
justifies me doing, you know, giving myself cancer by smoking. Right. So, um, you know, you could say it's relaxing. You can say you like the taste. You can say, you know, you like it with your coffee and after a meal. There was many times in your life where you never did that. Yeah. You didn't have it with a coffee. You didn't have it with a meal. You enjoyed life just as much. So it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Okay. So, um, and so once I really started to realize this, I'm like, listen, I'm full of myself with this. I could, I mean, if I want to take the high road and be like, yeah, I really do. And this guy's then, yeah, okay. Then keep smoking and you're not going to get like, do you want a result or do you not? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is just a, a different approach to kind of debunk all of the brainwashing that goes on in your, in society. And I mean, it's not so much with cigarettes anymore, but it was certainly the case back in the day when, um, you know, you see those funny ads where it says, you know, doctors recommend camels as the best cigarette. So ridiculous. Right? <laughs> so obviously a lot has shifted. So it's a little bit easier to understand that those are all lies now. Yeah. Um, but I'll talk a little later about how alcohol is still way far behind that whole idea. And, um, I do feel eventually, I don't know how many years that'll take, but I feel like eventually, you know, alcohol will become cigarettes if and when mm-hmm. um, society accepts that. And, you know, of course, there's money involved in politics and, and whatnot. But totally. Um, but so anyway, so the whole point is that if I don't have, if you don't have a desire to do something, okay, so um, just like many people listening to this, do not shoot heroin into their arms on a daily basis, okay? So you, if you think about a heroin addict, they, you know what I mean? They have this desire, they're, they're you know, any time they try to quit, they, they're in withdrawal, they have all these, you know, like all these symptoms, they need it, they want it, blah, 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 right? Um, but somebody who does not shoot heroin, they have zero desire. So if you're listening to this. That would be me. Yeah, so I, same with me, I have zero desire. Yeah. So is it, is it, do I feel like I'm being deprived because I didn't stick heroin on my arm? Do I feel like I'm missing out? Do I feel like I'm not happy or living life to the fullest? Um, <laughs> because I do not get the, um, everybody else gets to shoot heroin and I don't, right? Um, that seems ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. But it's the exact same premise when it comes to stopping any bad bad habit, right? Because, and, and I know a lot of people hearing this go, well, okay, well, that's great, but like, I still have the desire. And then I wanna, I wanna challenge you to say, um, is, do you actually have the desire? Like, is that, you know what I mean? Like, once again, you can be honest, really, really honest, or you can continue to lie to yourself because that's what it is. It's a lie. And if you say, okay, well, no, I'm not lying. It is okay. Well then, yeah, maybe you're not right. Wait, wait another 10 years, kill yourself for another 10. Years. I don't care. Right. In life. Um, you know, one thing my dad taught me when I was younger is like, it's all about decisions and choices. Mm-hmm. So if that is a, something that a decision that you want to make a choice that you want to make, like you, nobody has to live with it. Like you are the one that will live with the, con- uh, the, the, um, consequences, sorry, good or bad. Right. So you can, you can ask yourself, like, you know what I mean? Be honest, not be honest, whatever you want to say. Right. So anyway, in the book, he obviously systematically goes over all the components that make up the desire and really gets you to question and to think and to reframe and look at every aspect of why you thought you should smoke, why you need it, why you want it, why you feel that you may be missing out when you go on vacation and you can't smoke, or you may be missing out at a, uh, you know, wedding or a party or anything under the sun that life throws that you won't enjoy because you'll have that missing out feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
And, uh, and I know even Rebecca, you can touch on this a little bit later on about when you started your weight loss journey and you did that right before Christmas, which is like the peak, like eat as much as you want time of year yeah. when, you know, everybody, that's another lie, right? Oh, quit after Christmas. I'll quit after always Sarah's something. wedding. You yeah. know, I'll quit. There's always right? something. Once again, lies. This is, remember, your brain is extremely manipulative and smart mm-hmm. to trick you into things that, um, you know, you think that you need when you don't actually need it so true right so um so anyway so once it you know he breaks this down whatever like so i come out and so what he tells you is that you know when people normally when they quit with the willpower um traditional way of quitting something automatically they're like okay well if i love smoking every time i had a coffee well I, i can't drink coffee if i love smoking every time like was one of the first things i did when i get up well i'm just gonna sleep all day if I love smoking, I was the first thing after a meal. I, well, I can't be eating. I used to love smoking, um, you know, after a workout, as weird as that sounds. Well, I, better, I can't be working out then. And then, so you see what I mean? You're starting to remove all these pleasures that are like genuine things you like to do, right? And he says, don't do that. Like, continue to like live your life Makes to the sense fullest. Because it would make you even more right. miserable. You're feeding the deprivation angle, which is the opposite end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. as opposed to feeding the side that is realistic and honest with yourself, which... Um, you don't need you you should drink more coffee like eat more food get up even earlier like you know do uh, a longer workout like all these things that you did your whole life you know when you didn't smoke like you did that all the time you weren't missing out you weren't miserable you weren't upset you weren't feeling like you like were missing out on the pleasures of life there's many people that don't smoke especially well, now and it you even if you did i mean it's smoking didn't actually help you just you just tricked your mind into thinking bingo. that smoking helped <laughs> bingo bingo right so, um, so, so anyway, so once you start to, to obviously see this and you're like, oh my God. So if you think about when you, when you try to quit any habit before you're naturally in a state of like frustration, oh, I can't do that. I'm not able to, you're deprived, you're feeling miserable. Well, naturally the solution is to do that. And then you're feeling good about yourself again, but only temporarily. And then, and then you try to quit again and then you feel good and you just say, screw it. And then you smoke and you feel good and then you don't. And then you're in this loop, right? Mm-hmm. So that what he says is like, okay, well, obviously that is a vicious loop. It's never ending. It's always going to be on again, off again. Sure. You have many people that kind of toughed it out and you know, they've been doing it for 10 years. They've been, they quit, but, but they're not like, it was so on edge for years or whatever. Right. Until they finally, you know, had a, had an aha moment and okay, now I'm good. Okay. Good for them. If that works, that you're the rare breed that the willpower thing work for right but what he says is that that's the cause right and you're feeding it in the in the opposite way that's going to make you eventually go back because you're feeling like you're missing out well then what would the contrary to that be hey if you remove the instead of looking at the underlying let's remove the desire which is like above that Mm -hmm. right because you think about it if you feel like you're missing out it's because you think that you are missing out on something you desire, right? It, it basically makes you want it more. Right, it makes you want point, it more. Which exactly. is way worse. So think right? about it. When you when you do something casually, like if you drink casually or you smoke weed casually or whatever, like you don't have a like there's no um, desire deprivation either end of the spectrum because you do it every now and then. The moment that you um, you know are honest with yourself and like, hey, I, this is a bit of a problem. At that exact moment, then now the desire shot up through the roof. Even if you just don't even have a problem, the moment you tell yourself that, 
then now your desires heighten, your fear of missing out is heightened, your um, back and forth with your brain about trying to control it is heightened, everything is heightened. So that's why like that whole loop, it's just a matter of time before that, um, Rebecca's filming me because I'm really animated right now. And I got a, a bunch I of, just have to, I got like, some body language going on here. I have to show some behind the scenes of yeah. the fact that Chad can literally talk like nonstop and he gets so excited when yeah, he talks. I get, I get really excited. So hope anyway, hopefully people are getting value in this. I'm sure they okay, are. I'm wearing I'm wearing my salmon colored shirt here. It's salmon. I have, it sure I is. I have my um uh you know my body language full force. And yeah, I'm really passionate about this because um I feel like people can get um a lot out of this. Totally. And, um so you just th- toned it down for the video. Yeah, Why did okay, you okay, stop because doing this that. Is, I don't know, stage fright. Here we go. Back up. <laughs> Boom. So anyway, so you can see what I'm getting at. As far as if you, you know, remove the actual desire from something, you don't want to do it. So you, you clearly do not want to, you know, go do drugs in an alleyway because that you don't feel like you're missing out. You don't feel like there's no need for that. And if anybody is has quit anything in their life, they can always um, look back on that and go, isn't it funny how like I, I thought I could never live my life without that. And now it's something that like, uh, let's just say not going to the bars. You'd be like, I can ne- I used to go to the, the club all the time when you're early 20s, right? Oh, uh, so did I. If, I remember, it's funny. When I first quit drugs and alcohol, I was like, <clears throat> oh, man, I miss going to the bars. Like, that was so... And the, you couldn't pay me to be in a nightclub at, like, one in the morning. Like, I would literally die. Like, I would like, actually die. I would laugh at everybody there oh, and then die. <laughs> like, I would be like, this is like... this. People are sweating, slobbering, Ew. spilling drink. Like, this, so sloppy. This is like a horror story, right? Get me out of here, right? Yeah. But, like, that was something, like, when I quit, I was like, I'm not going to be able to do that and have fun, right? Yeah. Once again, a lie. Perception. Fun. What is fun? Right? Fun is what you make it. It's what and you make it. there's lots of other things you can do that are fun. It's what you make it. The bar in the club. It's what you make it, right? So, um, anyway, flash forward, uh, COVID hits. Um, full disclosure here, I, I end up, um, you know, start drinking beer is kind of a, a, you know, what I thought was just a little harmless thing to start doing. And um, we start going to breweries and I'm, I'm drinking beer. And um, so remember when I went to rehab, it was never about drinking. Like drinking was never something that I was like hooked on or whatever. It was, it was the, the cocaine and the crack, right? Like the hard. So I thought this was an issue. So as time goes on, obviously it escalates and it starts um, having all these negative impacts in my life, start gaining some weight, you know, I'm not thinking as clearly, you know, I'm getting hangovers every now and then. And I'm like, okay, this is not, you know, obviously it's hurting our relationship too. (laughs) And, um, you know, but, but ultimately separate from all that, like it was hurting how I felt about myself. Right. Because I, um, felt like I, like, how did I even, like, it was supposed to just be a casual thing. It wasn't. And so I was kind of starting back in that direction. And so now I've... um, And I just want to add, like, we are all about, like, implementing wellness, like, into our life. Like, that's why we have a cold ice bath plunge at home. We have a sauna, a hot tub. Like, we're all about adding wellness and healthy routines and different things like that. So when we added this into our lives, it was actually something that we added that was like a negative thing. Like it wasn't beneficial in any way. Um, I mean, aside from supporting the local breweries, which, okay, I love, I love the local breweries, but other than that, like for our own health and well-being, it was a habit that we added to into our lives that was not of any benefit. 
And that was the first time we've ever actually done that. So we were like, shit, this is not good. Yeah, kind of weird, right? So, yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this can relate to that. Like, you know, think about things in your life. You know, you have things that you do that you know are productive. They make you happy. They fill you up. They fill your soul. You feel really good about yourself deep down mm-hmm. with those things. And then you have some other kind of hidden, you know what I mean, vices or secrets. And hey, that's okay. Like, we're all human. We have these things going on. Um, and typically, when you reach certain points in life where you're unhappy or you're you're kind of feeling a little bit down you're not as fulfilled as you know you can be you're not um you know realizing your potential it's usually when those things are clashing right so to Mm -hmm. rebecca's point you know we get this like home gym upstairs i'm working out you know we're doing the ice bath i'm running i'm doing all these things and then i'm drinking and i'm like and then i'm it's so counterintuitive it's like wasteful it's not and so i'm like this is that doesn't even make sense it's like a guy you know i may as well grab a big mac and start eating a big mac as i'm running around the block <laughs> right well, like, yeah could like you why torture like, yourself and go yeah. on the ice bath and yeah. stuff like that and then for all these wellness effects and, and then, then ruin it right yeah. So, th- so this anyway. So, um, so basic. So yeah, it's been uh, about two months now, and um, that I, I've I've quit. And, and the thing is that I, I basically have used the exact same philosophy I did with the smoking. I have zero desire whatsoever. I have no state of deprivation. I am not missing out on going. I don't feel like I'm missing being at a brewery. Once again, you sit there. You do. It doesn't. You know what I mean. You eat some food. You could just eat a restaurant and eat some food. Go home. Like there's no difference. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm not missing. Hanging with friends. I don't care. Like we're all having a good time, enjoying the conversation, the company. Right. I'm not missing. You know, uh, sitting at home watching TV, having a few beers. Like there's. What do you mean? I'm watching TV still, and I'm loving it, and we're laughing and enjoying whatever we're watching. Right. Like mm-hmm. you know. And and in fact, so that's that's obviously challenging all those beliefs. Number one. And then on the flip side, the easier part is um, recognizing all the benefits um, that have happened. Like I've had so so much energy. I sleep like a baby. Um, You know, I I have my mind is free. Like I have nothing to worry about. I'm not thinking about, okay, you know, where am I going to get, try this new beer? Are we going to go to a brewery? Are we, what's, you know, what's this? And should I drink tonight? Should I not? Do I have anything responsible I got to do tomorrow? Do I not? Who's the DD? Who's the DD? What are we doing? Like, the whole situation of that is a waste. So, you know what I mean? That's the easy part, right? And you started losing weight too. Yeah, and which... I've already lost like 15 pounds in two months and, and it's an unbelievable. I've not changed like my diet. I'm still eating exactly. Everything's the same. Like I'm, you know, doing nothing different other than that. Um, which I just want to add, like the craziest thing was that when Chad started drinking, he still, you still worked out. Like, in fact, you even worked out a little bit more. I would say you were doing weights and running at one point. And, uh, you were gaining weight, like, which was crazy to me. Cause I'm like, I can't believe somebody who works out this much is actually gaining weight. Like it literally blew my mind because I see how you work out and everything like that. And it wasn't even enough to counterbalance the, the alcohol weight gain. And that's what really opened my eyes. I was like, I should really like really cut down on the wine because if it has that big of an impact on somebody who works out that much and I don't work out like a quarter as much, then I really need to watch the intake of alcohol. I think it really um, does something in your body where you do not burn any calories. I I think that there's got to be some studies out there how alcohol really, really affects your weight gain much more than just simply calories in and calories out because I just couldn't believe it. And now you're not drinking at all and you're losing weight. 
like and you, but you haven't changed your workout routine or diet or anything like that so it's just mind-blowing to me <laughs> it's crazy right so um yeah like the impact i mean and we all know this stuff you know i'm not telling you something you don't know as far as like what's good what's not um but you know the really amazing thing that um i would encourage anybody listen to this to do is that so and then so now i read the the so he obviously he can um transfer that principle Fuck. into other books so he's got like the easy way to stop cocaine the easy way to stop drinking the easy way to stop gambling like anything like that right and so i'm like oh that just for um whatever i mean i already not been drinking for a month and i'm like yeah let me just read because it's been so long like i was like so young when i quit smoking it's probably been what seven eight years and i was like oh you know my i wasn't even on this whole um you know self-development and and like learning journey at that time so i'm really mm-hmm. interested to know now like my perspective you know how sometimes you'll you'll read another book or you'll watch another movie years later but it like so it takes on a whole new meaning because you're older and like your perspectives and views and everything's changed right so then i just recently finished the the, the easy way to he calls it control drinking and uh so the the whole the funny thing is spoiler alert is that at the end, he goes, I called it that because um, I told you, you nobody you would pick that book up. up the book if I told you that it was to quit drinking. And I, he goes, now that you know everything, there's it's one or the other. Right. So you you decide what you want to do right there. You can't control a sneaky it. Guy. So um, <laughs> anyway, so. So, yeah, I mean, once again, you need to make that decision whether you're going to be serious about this or not and whether you actually want that in your life. But um, so anyway, I read this book and I was like, oh, my God, like this is so similar. And even all these years later, I'm like, it's it's so easy to me, like this whole concept. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, obviously I could sit here and, and try to, you know, have an expectation that everybody under the sun would um, will be able to grasp this concept and quit. And the reality of it is, is that even though this is a radical approach to changing a habit, um, at the end of the day, if if that individual is not in a place where they're willing to make a change, and many people listening to this could, can obviously relate to that, whether it's family or friends or um, you know coworkers, bosses, or any sort of disappointment that they've had in other people in their lives where they didn't live up to or change in a way that they thought that they could have, it's almost like sometimes in life you'll see. Um, other people's potential more than you can see yours, right? Um, but you can't change that, right? You can so, never, ever, ever change other people. You can only have your own sets of values and beliefs. And it's up to you to decide if those people fit within that. And that's why, you know, like back in the day, as harsh as it sounds, like I did not want to marry somebody who smoked. And, uh, you know, that would have been my choice to walk away if it continued or not marry him or whatever, um, because that was my value. That was something that I really valued. And uh, it wasn't something that I was going to try to change in you. I don't know if I should say you mm-hmm. or him, but yeah. you're sitting right here. Yeah. So you. Um, 
And because I know that you can't change other people. And even back then, I knew that you couldn't change other people. So it was just something that, yes, I vocalized it. But whether or not he did was totally his decision and up to him. And I mean, same thing now with the, the alcohol and stuff like that. And I just think it's really cool for you to like share your perspective and your story and stuff because you've read these books and also you've been on both sides of both drugs and alcohol and um, and cigarettes and you've you've like been addicted to things like (laughs) and then you've quit. So it's just really interesting. And I'm really like fascinated learning about somebody who's actually been through that because it really doesn't make sense for me to do a podcast topic on that this which is why you've talked the whole time basically because I don't I have a little bit to share here in a bit but I mean you're more the expert on this than I am because it's just fascinated to me um, that you have been on both sides of it and I think that Anyone who's been on both sides of something is where other people want to get their advice from, right? And like nothing pisses me off more, guys, than somebody who says that they're a life coach and then their life is a fucking mess, okay? And I'm not saying that to be mean, but if you are looking for a mentor or a life coach, you need to make sure that that person is well 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 far and farther in advance than you are in a certain category whatever you're seeking advice from make sure they are living the life that you want to live why would you take advice from somebody who isn't where you want to be like that doesn't even make sense to me right so that's why i think that it's really cool that you know you've been on both sides of it and you can share your yeah and i remember so on that point right it's like obviously if people want to you know learn um certain things you know that we've done in our life or our business like more than happy to share that right and i remember one time i listened to somebody and they were like yeah like i think they're a billionaire and they're like oh someone will ask me like um you know what's your thoughts on um I don't know, let's just say cryptocurrency. They don't know nothing about it. So I don't know. I have no clue about that. That's not my thing. Yeah. But you just think because they're like a billionaire that they would know that, right? And it's like, that is that should be your guiding compass when you seek advice. It's like, even though Rebecca and I know all these things about life and business, um, there's certain things that we know absolutely nothing about. Cryptocurrency um, would be up there. And that would be one of them, exactly, right? So so that's another example of like, if you're looking to hire people, you're looking to, you know, don't just... Um, blindly sign up for oh it looks like they have like what do you mean no, looks like no you know um, a great example one time we hired this company it's like buddy has an MBA you know what I mean he knows a what he's doing company which right? was awful yeah and he oh I, I went I got a I got a master's in business okay yeah a month or two into the deal um, you know you don't <clears throat> I know way more about marketing than you do and this is your company and um, you know what I mean so that that just goes to show okay you have a, a master's great they told you the the technicalities of business, but what they didn't tell you is the um, the the mental side, the um, strategy, like the How unique, to like implement. the actual like implementation of like <laughs> yes. what matters more than other things. Exactly, right? it's not a blanket strategy that's cliche and whatever, right? Right. So, so that's true. a great example of like don't do that, right? Um, but anyway, so get, getting back to to kind of sum things up in, in reference to what I'm saying is that. The thing that I find so fascinating, uh, if you get anything from this podcast, is I want you to recognize something is that, you know, if you 
if you think about anything you want to stop in your life, if you are are at a point where you still have some sort of desire, like there's, you have to, I'm not expecting for you to listen to this and go, well, I have, um, like, I, I still expect you to have a desire is what I'm saying, but I, you have to have a, just as much of a, a desire to not want to do something, okay? Because if you're on the fence of like, I have like, I'm way more like on the desirable side, then don't even waste your time yet. You're not ready, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have to even, he says this, is like, you have to have an open mind. Because um, I remember when I when I read this smoke, I gave what this um, one of my old bosses, a TD, um, the guy smoked all the time. Like, hey, read the book, right? Guy reads the book. And I was like, yeah, it'll work. What, what do you think, right? He goes, oh, it didn't work for me. And I'm thinking like, <laughs> you know, it's like the classic person like leaves rehab or whatever. It's like, oh, it didn't work for me. It's like, it's like, dude, what, like, obviously, like, what do you, did you, did you just go there to check the box? Yeah. Like, did you just read this book to be like, I'm going to show them that it ain't going to work for me, you know, yeah. like, why, like, why, like, yeah. why even, even you know waste what I'm saying, <laughs> you know, um, so I, I just thought it was hilarious. And of course, like, you know, he's, you know, a stubborn person. He's, uh, you know, it makes sense, right? Um, but anyway, so the point I'm trying to make is that like, if you're on, if you have that kind of open-mindedness, you have a desire, you know that this thing is not beneficial in your life. And you're like, you know what? I feel like the, op- like if I can, I'm open to anything, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, that's where it's really going to help you. I feel like those are the people that get the best success stories out of this concept. And um, I'll just leave you with if you, you you have to come out of it where you have the, the desires gone, because for me, I have I have abs- you could put me in the middle of a bar. You could put me with you know alcohol around. You could put me with cigarettes all around. But it would not even phase me because I have no desire. I'm excited about the conversation. I'm excited about the sleep I'm going to get. I'm excited about tomorrow waking up feeling amazing. I'm excited about the money I'm going to save. I'm excited about, um, you know, just the the lust for life that I have no burden and no weight for any of that. So there's no any of these lies that I told myself about, oh, I like the taste of craft beer or, oh, I, you know, it's enjoyable and sociable occasions or, you know, like th- that's nonsense, right? Like, come on, there's a million types of drinks that taste good. There's a million things you can do in social uh, settings that are really fun. And one, one actually thing that I just thought of now as I was telling you this a week or two ago mm-hmm. is that people always go oh i'm not allowed to or oh i'm gonna miss out if i don't drink or if i don't smoke weed anymore or cigarette whatever it is and then um and i remember i told you i'm like isn't that such a like a lie because if you think about in your life how many fun things have you done in your life okay you could probably sit there if somebody was like write down everything your whole life right you could write down like a hundred things easily right yeah and so if if drinking or smoking weed or cigarettes is just one of those hundred things, how can you sit here and be like, oh, I'm going to miss out when you can literally go and do those other 99 things that are that are going to make you like even more excited and happy and have no negative side effects and no negative implications to your life that you put on the exact same list? Yeah. Uh, I really, I think that that is so great and so helpful. I mean, I really, um, 
That was my um, concept, by the way. I just want, I'm really proud of this. Yeah. I did not read that in the book. That was, isn't that cool in life when you, when you learn something and you put your own spin on it yeah. and then you almost want to like sign it with your name and like. Mic drop. See, like, <laughs> like, you know, hyphen, like from C. Hamilton. That was me. <laughs> like, that's my quote right there. So good. You know, it's not a quote, obviously, but anyway, you get the point. You can make it a quote yeah. if you want. Yeah. Or on Instagram now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that that perspective is really, really great. Uh, it's um, one thing that I just want to add to it is that when you are wanting to quit any bad habit, um, it is about all about keeping the promises to yourself. And if so true. anyone, um, if any one of you guys listening wants to build a stronger self-esteem or a stronger self-confidence quickly, then you want to start making promises to yourself. They can be small. They don't have to be big. Like if you are like me and you like your, you know, wine, like wine on a Friday night and uh, you want to start small, then start making small promises to yourself and actually keep them. That is the most important thing that I've learned in my journey of um, like Chad was mentioning earlier with my diet, I've been eating keto for two years now and I've been feeling like my best self on it and nothing builds confidence quicker than keeping the promises that you make to yourself. Like that's literally how confidence is built and um, it's the promises you make to yourself. So not promises that you are making to your mom or your husband or your best friend. Uh, those don't count because for some really messed up reason, um, it's, it's easier to keep those promises to other people, which is crazy when you say it like that. Um, why is it easier to keep promises we make to other people instead of ones we make to ourselves? Well, it's because we care what those people think of us and how we care how we make them feel if we don't follow through on our promises. So we tend to not hold ourselves to that same standard and that's the actual problem. So if you are one of those people who says you're gonna do something, like you're you're the January gym goer and you say that you're gonna do something, you need to actually commit to it and keep that promise to yourself, okay? And that doesn't mean you should go, go big or go home. Like don't say that you're gonna go to the gym seven days a week if you don't go at all right now. Like just make it easy on yourself to, to get in the habit of actually keeping your promises to yourself and be like, I'm gonna go to the gym every Tuesday night for 20 minutes. How many people could actually keep that promise to themselves? Honestly, that's pretty, I mean, <laughs> go to the gym once a week for 20 minutes. That's not really that hard, right? So if that's something that you wanna do to build a habit, and then once you have committed to that, like how long does it take to build a habit? Well, 66 most people think days. 30 days, but it's 66 days. Yeah, so it's 66 days to build a habit. So do that habit for 66 days and then it's a habit. It's not even gonna take you any work to think about your Tuesday workout for 20 minutes and then add a Thursday workout for 20 minutes, right? If you're trying to build up going to the gym, do it small 
and keep the promises to yourself, you will gain confidence and you will actually gain traction towards your actual goal by doing that, right? Too many people start out um, with goals that are like way too big for where they're actually starting at, right? And so it's really important to break them down and make them achievable. And uh, I think that um, another thing about going big or going home, like the whole all in approach is that you, if you slip up, it does not mean that you should give up, right? And that's, that's obviously what happens. Like, to anybody listening to this podcast, I mean, that's exactly what happens. That's why you have a hard time quitting any bad habit because you slip up and then you give up, right? And if you think about it fundamentally, which I never did, but I thought about it, uh, I think about a year ago, I realized that I was in that um, spiral of I would I would overcommit to things. I would say I'm going to go all in on everything. And then eventually, obviously, I would slip up because that's a lot to um, do when you're not doing any of your goals. And I would slip up and then I'd be like, oh, well, I slipped up. So I'm just going to I screwed up. I'm not going to get back into it and like just stop doing it. (laughs) Like it's so stupid fundamentally to do that because Obviously, you wanted to do something to improve your life and giving up is getting you so much further away from it. So wouldn't you rather get a little bit closer to your to your main goal than just completely give up on it? Like it doesn't even make sense to to go in the opposite direction when you could just keep going forward with smaller, more achievable steps, right? And so that's exactly what I did when I started my um, health journey. And I lost about 60 pounds doing that because I was able to stick with it and I made it enjoyable, right? And I mean, yeah, like I, there's times where I do eat, you know, sugar or carbs or whatever. And I don't feel bad about it now because I've already trained my mind to go back in the other direction. Like, what's the thing that you always say? Like, you want to create the habit in the right direction. And once you do that, it feels uncomfortable when you add something into it that is not supposed to be there, right? Just like how it's uncomfortable to eat really healthy for a lot of people. Well, the people that already eat really healthy and have a set diet, it's really uncomfortable for them to have a meal at McDonald's or to have a donut. Like it's it's just, it's a habit in the opposite direction where when you add something opposite to what you're doing, it feels weird to do that, okay? And so that's the whole point of creating healthy habits and make turning them into a habit because once you pass the 66 day mark it's it's not it's, there's no more work involved it's a habit you just keep maintaining it and maintaining a habit is so much less energy and effort than it is to like break a new habit new habits are always hard but when you um, do it for 66 days, it, it is not that hard anymore. Okay. And I know a lot of people starting, um, starting new habits or trying to quit a habit 
it's always hard in the beginning. It's never not hard in the beginning. But the thing that people don't realize is that it, it doesn't stay that hard for the rest of your life. Like, I don't know, like people just think that it's going to be hard for the rest of their life. But like, once you pass that 66 day mark, it is not even hard anymore. Like, you know what I mean? I, I don't even think about like missing fast food. I don't eat fast food at all anymore. And I don't even think about it or miss it or anything. It like literally doesn't cross my mind, right? So it's just one of those things that um, once you've created that habit, it's not always going to be as difficult as it is when you're starting to maintain it. And I think that that's really something to uh, keep in mind when you're starting anything. And uh, I think that's pretty much all I have to say about that. That's awesome. No, I love that. It's great. It proved really effective for you and um, your keto and weight loss journey. And um, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, this is the whole point, right? Is just to keep at it. And uh, at the end of the day, we just want everybody to live a life where um, you are committing to the decisions you make because that builds confidence. We're emotional creatures. So the more you can build on that momentum and that confidence, you're going to feel better. You're going to feel have more energy. You're going to feel happier. You'll be able to um, be in, in a good state of mind to tackle those uh, habits and challenges. And um, we want everybody to be happy and reach their potential. So exactly. that's the ultimate goal, right? Yeah. One thing I just want to end here with is that um, if... Uh, Okay, everybody knows my favorite saying is either complain and do something or don't complain at all. Okay, that's my favorite saying of all time because it is so true. And so if you find yourself um, wanting to do something, so let's say you have the desire to like lose weight or go to the gym and you are not taking any actions towards doing that, you're literally just not going to the gym and you're not eating healthy then you need to be honest with yourself and stop saying that that's something you want to do because you're not doing anything to get there. And you're basically lying to yourself saying that you want this thing, but you're not actually doing it. If you actually wanted it that bad, you would actually do something towards it. Think about anything that you actually do. It's because you actually want want it, right? Um, And so if you're just honest with yourself, just tell yourself that, you know, you don't want to lose weight, you don't want to go to the gym, and you are perfectly happy and fine the way that you are right now. At the weight that you're at, um, the clothing size that you're at, just be honest with yourself because even if you are, um, you know, overweight or whatever, who cares, okay? It's it's all about how you are talking to yourself and how you're treating yourself. And it doesn't make you any, any more overweight or, or underweight by complaining about it and not doing anything about it. It actually makes it worse and really hurts your self-confidence because you keep telling yourself this thing that you're not willing to do. Well, just stop telling yourself that you want to do it then and just be satisfied with who you are today and where you're at. Because if you do that and then maybe like two or three months down the road and you want to start your journey again, you will be in a much better place than you're at right now by telling yourself that you actually want to do something that you actually don't want to do. And if you tell yourself that you don't want to do it and that you're fine with where you're at and you're fine with the weight that you're at and you're fine with how you look 
And if you find that saying that statement doesn't ring true and it doesn't um, make you feel good by saying that statement, it's the truth and it's what you need to hear. And sometimes just being honest with yourself is enough to kick your ass into gear. So... (laughs) All right, so that's all that we have for today. I hope that you guys really enjoyed this episode. Uh, We really enjoyed talking about it. I know Chad definitely did. And if you guys have any questions or want to share your story of how you quit anything in your life or maybe how you introduced a new habit, healthy habit into your life, um, you can reach out to us. Uh, my email address is Rebecca at Chick Boss Cake. You can reach out to Chad. His is Chad at Chick Boss Cake. And we are both on Instagram now. So you can follow us. We are at Rebecca at Chick Boss Cake and also at Chad at Chick Boss Cake. So really easy to find us on social media. Send us a DM. Send us an email. We love to hear from you. And we will talk to you guys soon.